Hello everybody, this is Tom Santilli, the Survivor Examiner for Examiner.com. Today I'm going to be speaking with one of the legends of the game of Survivor, uh, none other than Richard Hatch. Uh, Richard was kind enough to join me today uh, to discuss a number of things, um, namely his journey from the original Survivor until now. Uh, as you have heard, he you know, faced some legal problems to say the least. Uh, since winning the million, being charged with tax evasion, spent some time in prison, uh, and he was kind enough to join me today to really give us a comprehensive look at what he's been through and what he faces today. It's uh, truly going to be fascinating. I'm super honored and privileged that he would you know, give me this time. And then towards the tail end, we're going to also discuss Survivor. So without further ado, uh, here's Richard Hatch. Richard, kind of an interesting story. You know, a long story, a crazy story, a uh, uh, not just boring, but I'm, I'm so tired of, of trying to get um, people to understand what's going on because most, most people just don't care. You know, they have other priorities, which I totally get. And, but meanwhile, I'm still in the midst of it and fighting these idiots who... Um, just literally are lying to the courts, to probation, to whomever, and getting away with it because the media is not interested in really uncovering what happened and what is going on. Do you feel Do you feel like what's happening with you is more of a representation of what happens, like on a larger scale? Clearly, yeah, I really do. The system is broken, and as a pretty observant and pretty intelligent guy, I'm now aware of what, how it is broken. I wouldn't have been. I don't know that I would have ever believed anybody. Sure. But for example, the, uh, the Innocence Project has freed, what is it, 252, I think it is now, um, people who were on death row, and they have stepped in and proved that these people were absolutely innocent. Well, that's the only place they could put their very, very limited resources. And that, that should be a huge wake-up call, but nobody's even paying attention. Right. If the people who we convicted of murder and sentenced to death were improperly, wrongfully convicted, imagine the, 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 the hundreds of thousands of other people in, 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 you know, with, with minor suppose the minor crimes who are you know, sent to prison for long periods or not at all you know just even short periods who are just wrongly convicted nobody can care about them we don't have the capacity given the other priorities in our lives but you know it's it's it should be a huge wake-up call i think sure i and i agree with that um why don't we why don't you start at the very beginning with as far as survivor goes um when you when you were signed up for the show and you kind of go through all that, um, how, how is it explained to you as far as you know the, the money if you were to win and, and like all that kind of stuff? Was there, I guess, kind of describe how that process goes as far as how you're informed how it's going to work? Well, as you might imagine, and I, you know, I, I don't know if people can even picture this, but it was the first show ever on a major network and the first reality show and. Um, 
not only was there no discussion whatsoever about taxes, why would there have been? You know, we were we were uh, buying to to win a position on this exciting adventure, and we, after having been after having gone through this narrowing down process, there were 48 of us in in uh, Santa Monica who were hoping to be selected as the final 16. So you know, we were just there in these in these suites, sequestered, waiting to find out what the results were going to be. And once the 16 of us were were selected, we had. I don't know what it was, a matter of hours before we were flown back to our uh, uh, hometowns and, and to prepare to leave. So literally nothing. The contracts weren't provided to us until the night before we left, I want to say. Okay. And we were asked to have them FedExed back from our members of our family and... Uh, and signed ourselves immediately as they handed them to us <laughs> if we wanted to participate. So, okay. you know, they were, I don't know what, they were 50-page contracts. Wow. The first contracts ever written by by them, and, and we all did. Sure. I, I don't know, I don't know anybody that read them. Right. <laughs> why, why would you? You're going to read it and say, oh, no, I'm not going to do this? You know, <laughs> that's just not the way it works. Right. Well... <sighs> You know, from that point on, it was the game. You know, no, nobody ever discussed or even considered or even thought about taxes <laughs> other than what we each did individually. And for me, it was, huh, you know, this is a lot of money, 600 and something thousand. Sure. Thinking that I would have to pay a, a, a significant amount of tax on it. Okay, so then... Yeah, and, and then flash forward again, you know, you win the money, you're, you know, you're awarded... Uh, you know, the first winner ever of Survivor, um, the million dollar grand prize. Uh, what, like, what was the, like, uh, at that point, too, was there any, I guess, did you, like, you said you knew that you would end up having to pay the taxes. Did you pay the taxes, I guess? Yeah, great question. Um, to the extent that I knew what I owed, yes, but here's what happened. Okay. In, I was paid in August of 2000 that's when I received the check okay when the when the winning episode aired uh, that's when I you know shortly thereafter the day or two after that's when I got the check for the million so immediately I took the million to my local bank and was on camera with the whole freaking news team <laughs> you know showing me deposit the check in fact the Keller that was her first day <laughs> okay uh, you know, she had just started so you know there's no hiding there's no anything and and the year went on from there. My year was beyond description. I was all over the world, literally. Sure. And um, life as I knew it before had, had become something very, very, very different. So taxes weren't even a topic of conversation. It was, it was just... You know, the money's in the bank, and my accountants will handle that. My accountant, I mean, I never did my taxes myself anyway. My accountants always did that. Okay. So, the rest of the year played out, and 
in April or whatever, March or April of 2001, they were talking to me about how to file the returns, as they always do. I provided them with the box of everything that I kept throughout the year, as I always did all my life with sure. all my accounts. There's a piece of this. There's there's a there's a reason that I thought, huh, I'm not sure what's happening with the taxes that I haven't told you about that I've not talked about and will will be talking about in my book. Okay. Uh, but, you know, briefly, uh, there were things that happened on the island where where the conversation did come up with executives. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And it caused me to look at who might have been paid what by whom. So I told my accountant, hey, look, you know, there's, uh, there's a, I have a belief that these, the taxes on all of our prize winnings were to have been paid and uh, let's figure out who might have paid them and to whom they might have been paid. Our contract, now that we're looking back at it, clearly states that anything owed to Malaysia would have been paid. Law requires that anything owed to Malaysia was to have been paid not by us, any of the contestants, but by SEG or CBS, Burnett's company or okay. CBS, before they even left the island. I remember they had 200 and something staff there. Sure. And, you know, they'd been there a long time. So the law required that they paid anything to Malaysia before they left the island. So, you know, blah, 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 blah. So the accountants start looking into that. And then they ask me to start asking Burnett and CBS. And the day, you know, prior to the day I started asking about taxes, I had everybody's cell phone would beat them for dinner, call, whatever, you know, I mean, instantly I would get a return call. The day I started asking, hey, by the way, remember what we talked about, and then I was the deal, who was paid? I never got any calls back. Really? Their lawyers kept them from ever talking about it again. So my accountant filed for a, uh, an extension, etc., and uh, eventually um, we couldn't find out anything from CBS or Burnett and the IRS wrote to me, telling me to file the retac my 2000 return, and specifically how to. Okay. They literally listed each of the sources of income. This is 2002 now. So immediately, obviously, that letter went to my accountants. My accountants were like, oh, great, good. Now we have a, a better understanding that someone must have paid it because they're telling you to list it without the million and we just need to find out who and to whom. So again, we still kept trying to find, we tried to contact the Malaysian government, we tried to contact CBS and, and Burnett, and they refused to provide any information or respond or even allow us to talk to their accounting department, which is crazy in itself, but right. that's, that's what they did. So uh, I don't know, three weeks passed, whatever, from that first letter, and the IRS sent another a second demand notice uh, that I file and specifically instructed me how to. So we did, because in that letter it said, and if there are errors or if we find 
issues, we'll contact you immediately. So we filed specifically as they directed to. And of course, I'm just being told all of this. Sure. You know, this isn't anything I'm doing. I'm just being told what's unfolding. Right. Because I'm paying these people. I've got uh, accountants. I've got a tax attorney who's handling any conversations with the IRS. They're, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we file it. And several weeks later, I don't know how long, uh, they, the IRS made contact again and said, well, we're still, thanks for filing, blah, blah, blah. But we're now we're we're interested in looking at a couple of issues, potential issues in the return. Great, whatever, you know, continue the conversation. So conversations continued openly. We provided them every single piece of information they ever asked for, for, I don't know, a year and a half or something. And then out of the blue, they converted the people in Rhode Island, I guess, is the Attorney General here, Robert Carrente, who who is corrupt or was corrupt. He's now a former Attorney General. Okay. Uh, converted the civil, what was a civil inquiry, what was the IRS asking us questions about the, the return into a criminal prosecution. No assessment of the year, no, no, of those years, no instruction from them that, hey, this was wrong and this is how you need to amend it or here's what you owe, you owe us $10, give us that, you owe us $10 million. nothing ever. I've never had a bill, never, and uh, and they just converted it to a criminal inquiry. My attorney said, look, it's, they're not, it's not legal for them to do that. You've been fully cooperative. You, your accountants have provided them all of this information that is privileged, so they, they can't use that then to try and uh, 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 wrongfully prosecute you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, whatever, and just, you know, resolve this shit. You know, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Right. They think we owe something, write a check, you know? Right. So that went on and on. And, you know, nightmare of all nightmares, uh, whatever they were telling me just turned out not true. They, they actually did prosecute, and this is where the system breaks down. It's a convict-at-all-costs mentality at, at, at so many levels. There was no interest, no attempt to understand what went on or, or what happened. There's, there was nothing. There was a simple railroading, witch hunt, whatever you want to call it. I mean, witches never did exist, yet many of them were sent to, to burn at the stake. You know, I, I didn't not pay taxes ever. And to this day, this is the weirdest, craziest, most insane thing. Anybody else, any any normal process, the IRS would have finished its assessment and there would have been a bill issued. To this day, they not, they're not done assessing those years. One agent spent over five years and then these two agent, IRS agents took over because they said he or she was incompetent. We've uh, cooperated fully with them. My accountants have met with them regularly. I, once I was out of prison, I was meeting with my accounts with them to, to, to go over everything. And not until April of this year or March of this year did we get a, uh, of 2010, did we get what's called a notice of deficiency. And that's a letter from the IRS that enables the taxpayer to finally address whatever it is the IRS is saying might be wrong with your return. Right. Not a bill, it's not a final anything, but it it's the only thing that allows you to say yes or no. We agree that these things are problems or we believe there are still issues. Right. 
and, and they were clear, you know, issued major, major issues, eight or seven or eight of them. So my accountant listed those issues and sent it back, and we did so within the 90-day period, and the U.S. tax court will make a determination as to whether our challenge of those issues is valid. And that's, that's where we are still. That's part of the assessment process. So here we are, eight, ten years after having earned it, eight years after having filed the return, and the IRS has not completed its assessment process that with normal people or normal time would have been completed in months. So, wow, and I, I'm sure you've asked yourself this then. I guess, in your opinion, what, why, why did this happen? Good question again. I mean, uh, you know, I wish I could answer definitively. I can't. I can only speculate. Mm -hmm. one, one, one reason I'm certain is because I was gay. I am gay. And, and I, uh, unapologetically so, on Survivor, just didn't care what people think. And that's who I am. I always have been. Until being in the public eye, I, it, it just was a non-issue in my life ever. And so in this small kind of Rhode Island-ish town uh, area, um, I guess that became, you know, I don't know, an awful thing. I was kind of like the devil, you know. Uh, perhaps who I was on Survivor too, how I was perceived to be to have played, and and those, not perhaps, I'm, I'm certain, that played a role in what they thought of who I am and how they decided to proceed in this case. Um, you know, let's get them, let's bring them down. Yeah, on a kind of a on a side note from the whole uh, legal process, um, do you do you care even like uh, like public perception? Is it important to you? Let's say that you you know were not able to you know be exonerated legally. Like, would it be important to you to know like that people thought you were innocent, or does that not play into anything? Well, as a human, I guess, you know, you wish people understood what was true. I've always wished that sure. with, with, without regard for, for what they think of me. And I guess on the flip side of that, I, I really don't care what people think of me. Okay. But when they think, uh, when what they think of me impacts my life and my freedom the way this has, mm -hmm. It's infuriating, you know. It's, sure. They have no right for it to do that, and it's, it's 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 one of the wackiest things. If you aren't, if someone isn't intelligent enough to understand that they are missing pieces of information, how can you tell them? How can you show them the pieces of information they're missing that they don't believe they're missing? Right. It's really crazy. So, so. Um, do, do you have any? Do you feel like you have any anger towards CBS for not, I guess, sticking up for like whatever? I know you, you said you didn't want to talk too much about your conversation you had with the executives or whatever, but like, yeah. do you have any anger directed at them for not kind of coming to your defense in in this? Let's describe it as tremendous disappointment for which I believe they will eventually be held accountable. Okay. Um, their lawyers. Uh, Mark Burnett's lawyers and CBS's lawyers and the other executive producers' lawyers all are the ones who kept them from being involved. Well, the lawyers are then going to have to explain why they're going to be held accountable eventually. 
if I'm exonerated, the people responsible for <clears throat> not speaking up are going to be pursued. And, you know, that's them. So I'm not angry, per se, at them, but I think they could have prevented what has taken place, even though I think they think they couldn't. So, and, and you said there was a point where you kind of, like, when this first came out, like, there was a point where you tried to contact them to kind of get your back, oh, I repeated, guess? Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah, repeatedly. Over and over and over, I made every human effort possible to uh, to engage with them around what took place and help them understand why we were at the place we were. And at first I thought, geez, well, how come they're, they're not listening? Well, wow, they're, how are they never going to know? And uh, as years passed, I've come to the conclusion they probably do know, and that's why the lawyers are protecting them from liability, or, or they were attempting to protect them from liability. But I think everyone believed I would have given up long ago trying to expose what happened and fight to be, fight to be exonerated. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, what was your what was your plan like in the time in between having won the money and when all this came out? Um, what like what was your plan to do with the money? Like what were what were you hoping to do, or did you did you spend a, a portion of it or do anything with it? Yeah. Well, initially, I I had always intended not even uh, with respect to Survivor, just period. I, I I had always wanted to rejuvenate this. Um, pro this program that I went on when I was 18 called Horizon Bound. And it's for teens, uh, you know, troubled teens or, or, or just teens in general who, uh, who, are, who are kind of figuring out who they are. That's when you do it, is in the teen years. And it's an outdoor adventure program. It was, you know, 28 days or whatever it was that we went on canoeing and rappelling and hiking through the Appalachian Trail and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's impossible to kind of communicate what really happens to someone uh, in that process of relying on others and kind of figuring, learning about who you are, but it's powerful. And so I wanted to bring that back because the physics teacher who started it got married and had kids and, you know, it went defunct many, many years ago. Okay. So I, I talked about having wanted to do that and I did do that. I, I uh, organized the, the, the charity again into a 5013C organization. I incorporated the name. I got it all planned and, I don't know, probably spent 150000 of my own money in doing that and preparing it, putting it together, every single penny my own. So when this all unfolded and the tax uh, problems came up, what they did was they charged me initially with tax evasion and tried to get me to agree to two years in prison. And I told them to fuck themselves because I would never, uh, ever, you know, agree to any plea. Uh, uh, I didn't do anything. Right. Idiots. You know, I was infuriated. And um, so they dropped all charges. And uh, about eight months later or six months later, I can't remember now, they came back and they charged me with tax evasion, bank fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, charity fraud, 10 counts, wow. <laughs> facing 46 years. And this is, again, part of the system. It's bullying. It's, it's horse trading. They're 
liars and they're bullies and uh you know it was a witch hunt and they were determined at all costs and i still told them to fuck themselves i refused <laughs> to play looking back on on that whole situation like initially um and, and even knowing what you know now well, um, let me finish this one oh yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry when i when i refused to play i was facing 46 years and i took them to court and what people don't know is i won everything I was acquitted of all that shit that they made up, bank fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, charity fraud. Horizon Bound was legitimate. I, it was my money. They were claiming I did, you know, I, I you know, whatever. Sure. Charity fraud, whatever that is, bank fraud, I don't know. And they lost. They lost it all. I, I was acquitted. The jury, I don't even know how they saw through the shit that they put on. <laughs> but that's a huge, important point. People think I was found guilty. And they didn't. They bullied the living hell out of me and still didn't, con and in intending to confuse the jury. And it worked a little. The, the jury found me guilty of tax evasion, but only because that's more complicated than the others. And they, they couldn't get a handle on what was happening there. They saw through the other crap. Man. And that's, that's just a, such an important point. Ten counts and... and you know, the prosecutors should be held accountable for lying, you know, for cre concocting all that crap. Anyway, so go ahead. So looking back... No, no, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely um, an important point. And I I guess I was just going to ask, like, you know, I mean, I would have that attitude, too, I guess, you know, to basically tell them to fuck off or whatever, you know, if, if you know, if all that's happening. But, like, looking back on it now and knowing what you've gone through, do you, yeah. do you feel like it's worth it still? Like, or would you? Or do you feel like you could have done something different, or do you ever wish back and say, "Oh, I wish I took the plea" or anything like that? Well, that's that's a tough one for me. Just who I am. I I could not have done it. Mm -hmm. I don't even think, even knowing what I know now, and which is a real, almost a stupid thing to say, because you see, even knowing what I know now. I could not have accepted two years in jail because I didn't do anything. So two years in jail would have been uh, tragic to me. Sure. I would have been remorseful for having done that if I'd ever chosen that my entire life. And I would not have had the opportunity to fight to be exonerated and to prove that these assholes are corrupt. Sure. So as I sit here now, still attempting to uh, be exonerated, still working with within the system. They're still bullying me as as, as harder than ever, and uh, and yet I have the chance to have the truth uh, sure. come out, which I wouldn't have had if I if I'd pled. Okay, um, but many people do. Many huge percentage of of people plea. Sure. They, and I understand why. You know, they're going up against unlimited resources and corrupt morons who, who <laughs> just will abuse them at all costs. Do you feel still? Or do you still feel that that's what you're up against? Like, do you feel like you actually have a chance at? I mean, I, I'm sure your your heart tells you that you're you know you're going to eventually show them in, a, in that sort of way. But like, do you feel like you're up against an impossible situation? Um, it is. It, it you know clearly it's it's an almost impossible situation. But um, but you know it's getting close. I'm mm -hmm. getting very very close to being exonerated. This current hearing that's coming up on J January 10th mm -hmm. um, is kind of crucial. 
they're trying to put me back in prison claiming I'm not compliant with the sentencing instructions. Well, I am, to the extent humanly possible, and I've done everything uh, always, all along, to, to comply, even though I'm still fighting for my, for my innocence to be exonerated. I'm still compliant with everything that courts or judge or prison system has ever ever asked of me. And they have really, you know, thrown the book at me and, and tried to uh, break me at every point. And so far they haven't. So January 10th, if I'm successful, which I expect I will be because here we go, the facts are all mm -hmm. available. Sure. Uh, you know, that could be the turning point. That, that, that could be it. And um, as soon as the judge recognizes that I've done everything humanly possible and sees what the prosecutors have been doing, this could take a, a, a real quick turn in my favor. So, okay. I have a motion pending before the court, I have now for a year and a half, demanding exoneration. It's called the 2255. And he hasn't ruled on that, I think, because he's trying to understand how I could claim I'm innocent and what the heck is going on. And it's the same judge before whom this motion sits that I'll be before on January 10th. Okay. Is he supposed to rule on that as well, or is that is that what he's ruling on January 10th? Or No. On January 10th, he's rolling on, ruling on whether or not I have been compliant with the sentencing conditions. Right. And there are two of them. One is... Um, I had to have mental health counseling because the judge ordered me to have mental health counseling. Mm -hmm. Not an evaluation, but counseling. Okay. But probation had me evaluated, and the psychiatrist said I didn't need it. So that's taken care of. <laughs> and then uh, he also ordered that my tax returns for 2000 and 2001 be amended and all taxes owed be paid. Well, it's not possible to amend tax returns while you're being audited. And the audit began in 2003 and is not yet completed. <laughs> so, I mean, I literally can't amend the return. And the, the judge never put an amount, never said to amend by when, and there's the, the, the IRS will not accept an amended return in the midst of an audit. So I, there's nothing, literally nothing I can do. We've called the IRS, we, you know, blah, 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 blah. Unbelievable. So here I sit, and yet they're, they're still taking me to court. That's the bitterness in them. They're still, uh, the prosecutors pushing for this hearing, saying I'm not compliant with probation and with the sentences, sentencing conditions because I haven't amended the returns. And they know I can't. So, <laughs> so, so you know, they're just looking to see, can I get him back in? Can I really fuck him? Can I stop him from exposing what we've done? You know, that's really what's happening here. It's crazy. Man. Well, um, let's uh, look back to just for a minute about um, the, the time that you did uh, uh, go to prison. Like, how, how long were you actually in prison? Four years. Nearly four years. Wow. Just under four years, yeah. <laughs> they gave me 51 months. And... Uh, I was sentenced to 51 months in prison, which even that was, you know, I, I can't believe you're following any of this, but briefly I'll tell you about that. No, sure, I, I'm interested in all this. The sentence. Uh, I think the federal sentencing guidelines for the amount that prosecutors claimed, and your sentence isn't to prison based on an amount of taxes that you owe. Well, 
I don't owe any, didn't <laughs> owe any then, don't owe any now, but prosecutors claimed because sentencing guidelines go up to $200,000. Uh, it's uh, like probation or 18 months, something like that. Two hundred to 400000 it's like 18 months to 24 months. And then uh, over 400000 it's 24 to 36 months, something like that. So prosecutors claimed it was 406 or 413 or some stupid-ass number, <laughs> you know, trying to make it over the $400,000 mark. Well, since there was never an assessment completed, the law requires that the judge sentence me to 28, based on a figure of 28% of the the, the, the amounts content, contested or something like that if I were found guilty. And that would have put me in the 18 to 30, 18 months to 24 months range. This judge said, fuck that, I don't care. I think the, the, the um, prosecutor's figure is reasonable and might be more accurate. Wow. They're not allowed to do that, the judge isn't, but he did it anyway. Wow. And then he said, and I think you lied during trial. So I'm giving you that and an additional two years. Wow. So he gave me 50, 50 fucking, 51 months in prison. More than anyone in U.S. history for oh the amount goodness. claimed. More than Leona Helmsley, more, more than anyone in U.S. history in tax court for the amounts the prosecutors claimed. And they're fabricated. Oh so no. it's not... <laughs> Uh, Did you at any point reach out to any, like, like, like a, maybe a high-profile lawyer or anything like that, like, to, to jump in, in in your defense, or had you had any offers I, by anybody or anything like that? I did. I mean, that's how I ended up with the, the, the lawyer that I had initially. It was Michael Minns, who's a, a, a tax attorney in, from Houston. Someone um, faxed me and said, look, you need to contact him. Where I contacted him and flew down and met him and blah, blah, blah. But... Remember how I described how they dropped all charges and then came back with 10 counts? Mm -hmm. So they did that, I'm going to guess here, I think it was two months before trial. So Michael asked for a single continuance and the judge denied it. Wow. Never in his 30 years history ever. Prosecutors have been preparing for years. Wow. Had been putting this together for years. He asked for one continuance to get prepared because he'd just come on board, didn't know anything about it, and the judge denied it. He said, even in his request, he said, look, I keep, it's not possible for him to have a fair trial. I cannot be prepared for this tax stuff, never mind all the other counts. Sure. So he hired another attorney from Rhode Island to, to deal with all the other counts, which he won, and Michael handled only the tax counts and lost. So... Hmm. It was it was it was insane. You know, they they weren't even related the, the counts, the, and so he asked for them to be separate. And, you know, whatever. The judge just denied everything, including a single continuance, which is beyond unreasonable. So wow. we knew then that I was facing some really powerful bias. Um, how was your you know your experience in prison? Like, was it was it worse than you had even imagined that it would be, or? Like, I guess talk about that time period a little bit and maybe the impact it had, too, on your family and that sort of thing. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, tremendously difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a... Uh, uh, I'm, I've been married seven years, but in America it doesn't matter because it's not recognized. So my, uh, my husband isn't even allowed to live or work in the United States. So 
imagine being sent to, because he's from Argentina, okay. uh, sent to prison for four years and, uh, and have those other restrictions on top of it. But prison was, it's hard to describe. That's a whole other book. Okay. You know? I mean, it's just, it's just, there's no way we could deal with it here. Sure. It's a fascinating world. Sure. It's an insane waste of resources. They call the places we're sent um, correctional facilities. They're anything but. Um, anyone who goes to prison um, leaves far more dangerous than 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 when they entered. And uh, wasteful isn't even the word. Counterproductive is is more appropriate. It's crazy how absurd it is the way we handle. Incarceration in this country. So, I mean, I don't even know what to tell you about it. It's just—it's just a a tragedy, really, uh, a, a waste of billions and billions of dollars and and millions of lives. Uh, we have a higher percentage of our the American population in prison than anyone in on the on 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 the earth. Wow. Every other country on the earth has far, far, far fewer people percentage-wise, in jail, and uh, and we're just abusing these people. And who are they? They're the least able to defend themselves, the least educated, the, the most vulnerable, and, you know, they're tossed into these restrictive environments that do nothing to encourage education or anything else. I mean... And on top of that, for example, you go, there's a movie theater or whatever, and the only thing they play is Fox News. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you really get that, but it's, it's, it's really horrendous uh, what happens to these very, very vulnerable people. Wow. The most vulnerable population in our, in our country. So they're just breeding... Uh, more trouble, I guess, at an enormous cost. So, but, so yeah. if it weren't so devastating to me and my family, I would be utterly fascinated. And I wrote every single day, every day, hmm. um, you know, at length. So I have, I have uh, much to say about it. So yeah, do you? Um, I guess at this point, then, what would be the absolute best possible outcome? for you like what what would what would that be well I still expect I'll be exonerated you know I have people now who are helping me who've who've just become enraged at, at how abused I continue to be so um, the best outcome would be uh, exoneration after which uh, you know felony will be lifted from my record uh, they would have to make me whole I don't know how anybody could make somebody whole after four years in prison. Um, the people responsible would be held accountable. Um, and then I would have somewhat of a platform, I guess, to help people see how broken the system is and probably quite a bit of credibility with respect to how we might improve it. Okay. Which would be very exciting for me because I'm I'm pretty bright, and I'm damned outspoken, so <laughs> I wouldn't hesitate to, to, to help people understand what's being done wrong. 
Okay. You know, and to point out who who is abusing the system and what people ought to be fired and how prisons and the popu- the people in charge there ought to be um, scrutinized. And I have plenty of ideas about ways that that could be done easily, so that so that people could really understand what's going on there. I mean, inspectors from the inspector general would give. I don't know, two weeks notice before they would show up at a prison and the entire prison just <laughs> converts into this fantasy right. for the day that you know a few people are walking around it's insane <laughs> you know how stupid it is so they have no idea what's actually happening do you regret um ever going on survivor like the way it's changed your life do you ever feel like you wish you never did it well, that, that, that would be a waste of time. Okay. You know, life is what it is. Everybody is dealt a hand of cards. Somehow it unfolds. And, you know, I, um, there, there's something I'll learn from everything that happens <coughs> to me. And it's not, it, I don't know if you saw the movie, Butter, The Butterfly Effect. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, you know, I mean, there's nothing to compare uh, so, so you know, if if I didn't do that, then what would I have done? And sure. and I and it would, would be better. It's just an absurd kind of um, consideration. So, I, I don't regret uh, having done it. It, it. it doesn't seem reasonable to do so. Okay. Well, great. Um, I'm going to shift gears, and I guess from that, if you don't mind, and uh, maybe talk a little bit about Survivor. No, I don't mind at all. I just don't know how the hell you could even follow it. But did you kind of, did you kind of follow that? I, I absolutely totally did. And in fact, I think that um, I think it's a lot more interesting than you give it credit for. You know, I'm sure that you you, probably, you obviously live and breathe this. You know, every day. Um, so yeah. you know, it probably becomes monotonous. You know, parts of it. But to me, uh, totally fascinating. And and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Well, I hope so. I, you know, I hope people at some point become interested in, in figuring out what we do to one another and uh, and what I've endured. But okay, on to on to Survivor. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for paying attention to that. I don't know how you did. <laughs> no, absolutely. And again, I think it's great. I think you have a lot of people, uh, you know, on your side who also see, you know, the injustices in the system and you know are kind of looking to your case to hopefully break the, you know, cr- crack through the mold. Awesome. But, uh, okay, yeah, just, uh, I guess, a little bit about Survivor then. Um, first off, I mean, are you, are you still a fan of the show? Do you still watch Survivor? Oh, yeah, I, I've never missed uh, any of it. <laughs> okay. Do you... Uh, even in prison. Even in prison? Even in prison, when it was uh, not easy to get a television, there were televisions mounted from the ceiling and lots of different groups kind of, you know, ran each set and <laughs> got to put on... Somehow I managed. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel the, uh, what, like, what are your thoughts on how the show has evolved? Well, I, I think um, they've done a, a brilliant job of continuing to keep it interesting. You know, clearly there are seasons that um, uh, viewers find more interesting than other seasons or mm-hmm. uh, some of the twists that that people like and some that they don't but the twists and the personalities uh, lots of credit there to Lynn Spillman who's you know the head of uh, 
contestant selection, um, you know, really keep people fascinated. It's why I did the show. I knew it would be a success. I knew it would be fascinating to watch people in that environment, much of that, because I was on Horizon Bound, and as I was explaining to you earlier, I knew what happens to people in that kind of an environment. Sure. So I knew people would be thrilled to see people doing that and wondering what they might do, or et cetera. Anyway, yeah, I love it. I, I still love the show. I love the concept. I love what happens to people. I'm... Uh, I'm uh, probably as um, fascinated as other viewers are that, that, that people still continue to play badly. But, <laughs> um, you know, they... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, like, um, with you, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people, you're, you're a legend in the, in the game, and a lot of people, you know, give you a lot of the credit, you know, for... The, the popularity of Survivor, like, had you not have won, you know, because that season you were, like, the unlikely, like, nobody kind of thought that you could win because of how you were playing, and, you know, you had already had the check written for the million, and um, and then even when you're in the finals, everybody's like, well, there's no way you can win, and then they're like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> can he actually win? And then you win, and it, it kind of set the path for Survivor. Um, what are your, like, opinion of that? Like, do you ever... Do you feel like your like Survivor would have been successful had you been voted off day one, or you know I guess just what's your take on your impact on the game? Well, that's that's a tough one because you know it's me, you know, and it's what I planned and what I what I what I what I did, and so I'm really not in a position to speculate on how the game would be different, but I think it would be very different, and others have speculated that it wouldn't still be on television sure. uh, because it may have taken so many people well still here we are 22 seasons and still people don't quite get uh, what's required to play well and people don't seem to for the most part be able to separate um, themselves and their regular uh, approach to life from how they might approach this game. You know, the, it, if someone on a football team were to tackle <laughs> player, nobody says anything because it's part of the game. But if that football player were walking down the street and just ran somebody over, <laughs> you know, they'd be in trouble. And somehow that's easy for people to see. But with Survivor, it's not. Yep. So I don't know how it would be different, but I think um, even now people don't seem to, from my perspective, be able to see clearly enough what's required to play well. Like taking yourself out of the equation then, do, do you have like favorites that you've watched like that you say, wow, I really like how that person played or like like personal favorites? Um, I, I, I like anyone who plays well. Anyone who gets the game and isn't concerned about the, 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 the crazy aspects of a, of a real life <laughs> complicating the way they play. So I love Sandra. I don't sure. think I don't think anyone gives her anywhere near enough credit for her 
approach to the game. Sure. I, heard, I saw lots of comments about her kind of, you know, not deserving to win, and that's just asinine. Uh, if you win, you deserve to win. And, and that, that whole term, who deserved sure. it, you know, who's a better person is just insane to me. But, but, but people who thought she didn't deserve to win clearly weren't aware of her skillfulness. They couldn't see it while sure. she was playing, sure. which is a credit to her. And, uh, you know, Parvati is extraordinary. She's an extraordinary player. There are, there are several people who, who understood the concept and I think could play well. And I, it would be fun for me if, if it were those people, great players, people who really got it and could play, were all kind of brought back and, uh, sure. and pitted against one another. A lot of people compared Russell Hans to you. Like, do you see that comparison, or what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's probably the, the silliest question I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> well, that, like, as far as like Hatch 2.0, I've heard people refer to Russell. Yeah, only people who clearly just don't get the game. <laughs> would, you know, I mean, Russell is incompetent you know it's it's there's nothing against him i mean i've met him we've talked lots you know he's he's just not capable of playing survivor he you know people love to watch him and his drama but he doesn't understand what survivor is he wants it to be a different game right and if it were a different game then, then maybe it would be his game but but it's not it's, it's what it is <laughs> and he has no ability whatsoever to integrate the different aspects of the game required to to, to win yep. i think you get that yeah no absolutely <laughs> um so I, yeah. Comparison whatsoever. <laughs> I I feel I could do anything he did. You know, there were no idols or whatever when I was there, and right. will be. You know, if there were, I would be looking for them too. Nowhere near as stupidly, um, um, obviously as he was. <laughs> but but I would look for them, and his his personality and his drama was really fun to watch and even while playing the game it was um, influential to, to others but there are other options much much better ones <laughs> and the subtlety required that he is incapable of uh, implementing um, was it is it true that you were asked to go to heroes villains but weren't allowed yep yeah, I was invited to Heroes vs. Villains, and I was invited to Nicaragua as well. Really? But, yeah, but um, the prosecutors, these same ones that I just explained to you, um, the hypocrites that they are, uh, are claiming I need to pay taxes that haven't yet been determined to be owed, Man. and yet are blocking me from being employed. They literally refused to return my passport. Ugh couldn't go without a passport and uh and the only only people who blocked it were the prosecutors i mean yeah, yeah i'm sorry served the entire sentence mind you you're right 
Yeah, like, I mean, it's clear that, you know, if you've been asked back a couple straight seasons and, you know, plus, you know, you're Richard Hatch, I mean, uh, it's clear that Survivor wants you back. I mean, do you feel in your heart of hearts that you'll end up playing again? Just, it'll be determined by how quickly you're exonerated? Well, I, I really have no way of knowing um, if I'm exonerated or if I just get my damn passport back. But there, <laughs> and there's a reason for them to hold it. None whatsoever. I could play, but who knows if the game will even have another season. You know, we sure. don't know. I mean, Redemption Island is, is in process, I guess, but um, we don't. there's just no telling how long it will last. It's, sure. it's doing great, and I hope it lasts, and I would love another opportunity, but... There's no telling. Was was it difficult watching Heroes Villains, um, knowing that you could have been a part of it? Uh, difficult. It wasn't difficult to watch because I loved the game. But yeah, it was sad to me, and it was um, very, very frustrating. It's another one of those pieces where I wish there were an uproar. I wish people would say, wait, what the hell? This isn't America. This isn't fair. This is... but." Again, it's such a stupid thing because it's a game and it's everybody has lots of other priorities. So, you know, that's really, really um, not reasonable. But it's just something I wish. I sure. wish I, because if people were to do that, I would be in a position to help make changes on a really important scale for the people that really are being abused far more than I am, but even the ones that are being abused as badly as I am. So, anyway, a little too philosophical for this question, probably. But. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned that the show might not go on forever. Like, do you, I know Probst kind of signs his contract now, like, one year at a time. Like, do you feel like the show would ever be able to exist without Probst? Um, I think Prost is a fantastic host. I think he's great at what he does, but I don't think he is the uh, um, what keeps the show afloat. So I think the show could be done with a different host. I think it would be a whole it would be a whole new twist. I don't even know how impactful it would be to the game, sure. depending on how how that host. Um, presented him, him or herself, but uh, I don't think it would take away from the game itself. Alright, do you do you have any thoughts on the current Nicaragua season, um, or even like Fabio? Uh, Fabio impressed the hell out of me mm -hmm. in the finale. You know, talk about an unlikely winner. Mm -hmm. For anyone who understands the game, who have only had access to the footage that aired, he, he was a very, very unlikely winner. <laughs> um, he didn't appear to have the capacity to step it up, to pay attention, to do the things that he did so very intentionally and so very well in the finale. I mean, to have said some of the things that he said to have looked at people and to have caused them to talk in ways that he did to have been as calculated as he was at the end says to me that he was likely a little more calculated than I'd imagined him to be all the way along so sure. I was a terrific uh, player and I thought the way he 
pulled it out at the end was spectacular. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see, I want to say, almost any of that in the early episode. <laughs> right. You know, I thought he was really, really daft. And if, if what his, if it was his intention to play that, then more power to him. Brilliantly done. All right, and uh, there are, um, you know, rumors. I don't know if there's been any announcements or whatnot, but there's been rumors that we might be seeing you again on television. Is, are you allowed to talk about that at all? Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, no, I'm not allowed to talk about it. But yes, <laughs> I've already Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's already filmed. Oh, cool. And I'm, uh, um, I loved it. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's something, but you know I can't talk any. I can't say anything about what uh, what took place. Sure. Do you know when it airs or anything like that? Yeah, it airs in the spring. Okay. Yeah, March. I think the end of March, April, May, June. You know, it'll be all through the spring. Is that something you do again at fast? Um. Sure. You know why not? <laughs> all right. Cool. Um. And then you mentioned earlier uh, a book. Like, t- tell me more about that. Oh, that's been in process for quite some time. Okay. Um, you know, I make, uh, I've made a really concerted effort to kind of, uh, I don't know what, what I want to say, <laughs> to, 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 to follow everything that's happened to, 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 to what's the word? <laughs> um, Chronicle. Chronicle. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, to, to, what, this entire process. So, kind of beginning in my application to Survivor, uh, when I applied, and what was going on in my life then, through to now, and I've held off. I've had multiple offers to publish, and I've held off because I don't like the ending. You know, I sure. don't like this kind of. Here we sit. I want to. I want to be exonerated. I want that to be. Um, well, and frankly, I get much more money for it if I'm exonerated, and it will do much better. It'll be a much bigger story that people will, and it'll be a forum uh, for me to kind of you know, set the tone for what I want to do, which is to make a difference and sure. to change some. The, the, the problems that I've that I've encountered. So yeah, it's in process. It's uh, I've written. I wrote every single day while I was in prison, and um, and uh, and the books books there. I'm I'm talking with publishers. We're just trying to hold off. Okay, so I mean, in, in essence, it's almost written. You just are waiting to kind of write the final chapter. In, Correct. Okay, yeah, it's written. It's definitely <laughs> written. But you know, there's flexibility in it, and I'm and I'm hoping to write the ending as uh, as I as I believe it's going to be. All right, and then I guess lastly, just um, is there any way people can follow you, or you know, are you on Twitter or you know, Facebook, that sort of thing, where people, you know, if they want to find out more, or if they would like to make a difference, like, is there something that like a call to action, something that people can do? Yeah, don't I wish. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they could contact their, you know, the, the, the uh, who. You know, I, if, right. if I knew who, <laughs> I would contact them. 
politicians? Yeah, who? You know, representatives in Rhode Island? I, I don't know. You know, who do you contact to, uh, to, to do it? The media isn't even interested anymore, you know, to, to the extent that they ought to be. They're interested. They're standing out there in a mob when you come out of the courthouse. But you can't do this in snippets like that. What, where were they the day before? Why weren't they, you know, interested in exposing how corrupt this whole thing and wasteful uh, this whole thing. Think of the millions of dollars that they've spent uh, abusing me since 2004 sure. or five. And I mean many, many millions that, that they'll never see a cent of. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, call tag. You know the answer to the Facebook because that's where you found me. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter and whatever. It's... Uh, yeah, okay, I mean, uh, yeah, so that that's where, like, if people were interested in following more about you, that's where you would tell them to go? Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's still uh, there's still room on Richard Hatch, too. Okay. For friends. Uh, Richard Hatch is, is full, 5,000 or whatever, but and I have a fan page, Richard Hatch fan page, I think it's called, and, and Twitter is Hatch Richard. I, it has truly, like, been an honor to talk to you. You've been one of my favorite you know, survivors ever got me kind of into this, uh, you know, writing a little bit, actually. Um, so really, truly an honor that you would take the time to talk to me. Well, I mean, I, I'd say the same to you, Tom. I mean, it, 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 in all seriousness, it's just not something I think people have the time to pay attention to, and I don't even know if they have the kind of ability to. And, and you seem to have followed, and I... You know, really, really appreciate you have obviously listened. I don't, I don't know how, but you, you have. You're a great listener, and uh, I appreciate it.